0: You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. I'm Jake, in case I don't know y'all, or y'all don't know me. Hi. There it goes. Every time. Look, I'm wearing blue jeans, okay? Man, was worship just not, oh my gosh. Man. You guys realize how anointed of a worship team that we have? Is uh Steven in here? Where's Steven? Steven, Josh. Um, oh, they're with youth. Oh, bless their hearts. <laughs> they do that and then they have to go in there. That's why they do that to be prepared to go in there, right? No, but seriously, um Kayla and Michael, thank you so much for being here and stepping up on that, you guys. Y'all are freaking amazing. Uh, Esteban, I don't know where you're at, but dude, you rocked it as well. And then Amy, as always, it's um, such a privilege to get to watch you personally step into the presence like you do with your worship. So just thank you so much for that. You definitely make it um, easier (laughs) to get up here and and speak and stuff. So y'all rock. So, anyhow, all right, well, so I'm going to try to follow all of that. I'm not making any promises or guarantees or anything, Um, so. but uh, hopefully we're going to have a little bit of fun. I'm going to piggyback off of my last message with uh, that was uh, prophetic community transition and faith, right? I want to kind of build on that faith element. Is that okay with you guys? I want to try to get some practicality to some things, um, you know, scripturally, but also like in real world, right? How many of y'all would appreciate stuff like that, right? Um, I love scripture i love the promises in uh in 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 the bible right but sometimes like you read it and you're like how does this apply to me now this is 2023 this was written you know 4,000 years ago And, and maybe i'm alone in that okay maybe i'm looking at things and i'm like that's great but lord in this transition how do i get over here where exactly do you want me going anybody ever been there before or is it just me Right? You know, I grew up in a culture, I think I've shared this before, is, you know, I grew up in cessationism, uh, so believing that the gifts passed away with the apostles and stuff. Um, by the way, it's really empty over here. Okay? So I'm going to stay over here because apparently y'all are righteous. They need help. <laughs> oh, the youth was over here, so blame it on the youth. <laughs> Spread out a little bit. <laughs> just throw the couches up here, just kind of, you know, Greg looks like he needs some palm leaves and some grapes. <laughs> oh, all right, get back on track. It's going in the wrong direction. <laughs> uh, focus. But, you know, <clears throat> when you're going through a transition, how do you go through it more, right? Like, what are some steps? Anybody with me with that? Like, Lord, how do we do this, right? And so um, I know we've we've probably all at some point prayed, scripture over our life, right? Made declarations specifically for us, right? Like, I love doing that. Like, some of my, um, especially when I got introduced to Holy Spirit in the fullness of Holy Spirit, you know, I I grew up Baptist, right? And I was taught, Holy Spirit's just the seal of your salvation. Done, right? Thank you for being the seal of my salvation, but thank you for being so much more. Amen, right? The power of God made manifest in our life. And I had a radical introduction because I went to Brownsville, the revival. <laughs> who? Oh man. Who? Right. So you're going from. <laughs> oh man, going from a Baptist church, literally almost overnight, going into who? Right. Like, wow. Right. Uh, um. So I, I grew up in that culture. Uh, and as I made that transition, I started reading some really powerful books like Success, Motivation Through the Word uh, by Steve Capps. Great. I mean, he's passed away a pastor, but very successful using scripture throughout things. And, and I followed Kenneth Copeland, who I still love to this day, you know, uh, with his belief on the word and, you know, Kenneth Hagin and stuff. And they just getting a good blend of different streams. It's very healthy to have that, right? But some of the things I would love to do um, is quote stuff like, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. Can I get Amen right? I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. Come on, right? Yeah. Isn't that awesome? You know, that's spiritually your last name in Christ. So one of the things I love that I've learned from Dan McCollum over the years is that scripture teaches us our last name, who you came from, right? Who you came from, Who you were meant to be. The reason why our children carry the father's last name is because it's really easy to tell when the woman was pregnant. Right? But when the child is born, how do you know whose baby it is? Well, they carry the last name of the father. Right? And scripture teaches you and teaches us our last name. Right? And powerful things. I am a victor. I'm more than a victor. I carry dominion everywhere I go. Right? That's your last name. But here's why I love prophecy. Is because it tells you your first name, right? So Dano would teach us is that Scripture tells you your last name, but prophecy reveals your first. So when you're facing some of these transitions, you can look back. Like one of the things I always encourage, whether it's dream interpretation or it's prophecy or prophetic, record those. Get, like, if if you're... If, if you come up to me and I have a word for you, I'm going to most likely tell you to grab your phone. Okay? And if I don't, it's because I believe you already know how to do that. Um, but, right? But, one of the, hey, one of the things that our, our, the, our, the mother of this house is so honoring of the prophetic, you guys don't get to really see it from back there, but anytime anybody is releasing a prophetic word from up here at the front, she's grabbing her phone. And she is quick with that thumb. <clears throat> right? Right? <clears throat> Chris is like, yeah, I'm used to feeling it. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But, But she's quick with it because she honors that. Why? Because it feels great in the moment. Because prophecy lets you know that you're seen, known, and heard by the Father. Right? It lets you know you're known by the Father. And so it's important to record these things down. So whether you're out at Best Buy or Taco Mac, don't go to that Taco Mac, go to the one like in Barrett or West Cobb, but (laughs) I got like three amens on that, oh, right, upgrade waiting for Taco Mac, right? It doesn't matter where you're at. Like record those prophetic words for people, for you, so that you can go back, because how many of you know that sometimes life has rainy days? (laughs) Sometimes life has rainy days, right? Well, you're like, Lord, you told me to do this, right? And then you're you're like, but I'm like knee deep in mud right now and I can't move. Anybody ever been there? And that's where it's important to, to know your last name, your identity. But it's important to know that first name because when when the Lord prophesies over you through a brother or a sister in Christ or in a dream there's such finite specific detail of how heaven sees you and identifies you that when you're able to partner with that it's it's easier I'm not going to say it's easy but it's easier to make that transition into whatever that obstacle is or that uh, uh, you know is tr- or that detour is trying to keep you out of right maybe you're in a season to where you feel like junk. Maybe I'm just there. <laughs> Maybe it's only me that's ever been there. But when you look at it and you're, like, you're wondering, man, God, you promised me this. You promised me this season of my life I would be doing this. I'd be doing X. I'd be doing Y. I'd be doing Z. I'd be married. I'd have kids. I'd, I'd be, have a thriving ministry. I'd have be this business. I'd be a multimillionaire. I'd be sowing into the kingdom. Right? You said I'm more than a conqueror. But right now, I can't pay my bills. Right now, my wife and I can't get pregnant. Right now, my marriage is on the rocks. Right now, I feel alone. That's when you go back and you look at the specific things. Like, I don't feel like I'm a prophet, Lord. I don't feel like I'm an apostle or a pastor or a teacher. But you go back to look at how does heaven actually identify me specifically. I personally, personally believe that's how the angels know you by is your first name. And that it is so big that it is so powerful that when you have those angelic visitations, and I believe we always have them, by the way, because there's a lot more angels than there are demons, amen? Come on. That's why they tell you fear not or don't be afraid. It's because your future is so big. The front name on your chest and on your head spiritually is so grand that sometimes it might actually scare you. But it's that name that you need to partner with and hold on to to step into the fullness of that call that's on your life. Does that make sense, you guys? So how do we apply this with faith? You know, one of the scriptures I grew up on, and most of us probably have, is Hebrews 11.1. This is the... I'm going to read first from the New King James, if my eyes will focus. Now faith is the substance of things. Now faith is the substance of things. And the evidence of things not. How many of you ever wondered, what is substance? What does it mean that faith is the substance? Right? Like. I don't know why I think of it, but I think of it like flour, right? Substance, right? Like it's it's the ingredients that are in there. But I'm like, as I was, you know, as I was kind of mentally, pro- "Alright, Lord, where where are we going this weekend? What do you want to do?" And kind of seeing the breadcrumb trail that He's kind of laid out in ser, you know, uh, messages. I hate calling them sermons, but in messages passed. This verse with that word "substance" kept coming up. Right, because we know that faith, we pray for healing, we believe it, that's part of the substance, right? Let me read it to you from um, the New American Standard 95 edition. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The assurance of things hoped for. See, one of my personal beliefs with the prophetic, with the, all of our identity, and, but also the promises that are in there. And I've said this before, and I'll say this again until the day I die. It's the, the reason why the Lord releases prophetic words to us is to get us from season A to season C because he knows B is in the middle. Does that make sense? So I went in a little bit deeper, and I was like, all right, well, what is the actual substance? I'm glad nobody in here actually speaks Greek. Thank you, Jerry, because they probably laugh at how we pronounce these things. But the word substance is, oh. <laughs> that's what it is, no, hoopostasis, <laughs> yes, that, thank you. I'm from Alabama, I read phonetically, I spell phonetically, God bless that. And I'm partly dyslexic, so there you go. <laughs> it's that word that I can't pronounce. But this is how it translates: confidence, confident person or substance. Bisic, bis, see physical, physical usage. New tongue and thought <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Don't um, break it in, dude. Biblical usage. Man, who was I talking with outside a minute ago? And I couldn't get a, like, I kept getting tongue tied. It was ridiculous. Like, sorry, squirrel moment. Um, but biblical usage is uh, setting or placing under, thing put under, substructure, check that word out, substructure, foundation, that which has foundation and is firm. This is all substance, right? That which has, check this out, actual existence. Actual existence. That is the substance of things hoped for. A substance and real being. Come on. Remember, a real being there, but also at the beginning it said person. Hmm, wonder who that would be. The substance, quality, nature of a person or thing. Right? The steadfastness of mind, firmness, courage, resolution, confidence, firm trust, and then assurance. All that comes out of the Strong's Concordance, just so that you know. And so, what is that substance? Right? How many of you have prophetic words that you're going to be a voice to the nations? Two, three, four, five? Come on. That you're going to write books. Come on, right? This is the interactive part, okay? You're going to write books. You're going to write songs, right? You're going to start businesses, right? You're called to influence the nations, to plant, to send, to go. Does any of this make, anybody had these? You are like David. Anybody? You are like Caleb. You are like a Deborah. Deborah. Come on. You're like a Joseph, you're like a Daniel. You're like a Nathan. Anybody had those? Right? Or you're like a John Belushi. <laughs> hey man, come on. Or you you you're like President Reagan. You're like fill in the blank. Whatever it is, if it is a a person famous right now, there's attributes that they carry that are heavenly. Whether that person was redeemed or not, they still had the gifts and calling of God inside of them because they're irrevocable and they come without repentance. They just never stepped into the full redeemed version, but you, guess what, have that opportunity to do so. This is part of your first name. Because when life hits the fan... The objective of life hitting the fan is to pull you down to get your focus off. But when somebody says you're an Elijah, Ooh, one who calls down fire, you're a Deborah, you're a fill-in-the-blank, you're a Joseph, you're an Abraham. I mean, I could go, you're a Timothy, let's just go, Like you're, you're like Jesus because you love so well. Guess what? All of you have Jesus in you. So guess what? You're like him because you were made in his image. But it's in those times because the enemy is going to come to lie. Because that's all he does. He is a liar. He is the father of lies and a murderer from the beginning. If you don't believe me in that, believe Jesus because that's what he said. And so when those lies come at you, because that's all he has to attack you with, by the way, is lies. Typically against your identity first. Who do you think you are? Well, I'm like David, and I got my sling right here. Right? I'm like Elijah, and I will call down fire. Right? I'm like David, and I will play the keys and worship him. They almost started going into this is how I fight my battles while Craig was preaching, (laughs) which was awesome. But it's so many times that when the enemy comes, when life comes, it comes at you to lie at you, to get your focus off. See, when God was calling me or letting me know the calling that he placed on me from before I was in my mother's womb, he and I would talk a lot about Elijah. I shared this, I think, the last time. Why was Elijah able to do what Elijah was able to do? I said, I don't know, Lord, why? Because of the boldness of his faith. Because of the boldness of his assurance that I was going to do what I said I was going to do. That's that substance. So if you've been, a prophetic word has been spoken over you, you are like, and then it's a biblical person, historical person, or a modern person. When that lie comes, no. No. You're a liar because God has said this. Because how many of you have had those prophetic words from more than one person? I can't tell you how many times before people knew what I did or they only knew a little bit in terms of dream interpretation. I can't tell you how many times people would come up to me, man, I just see like John Paul Jackson all over you. Or they'd come up to me and they'd say something like the first time I met Craig in person. He gave me a prophetic word. It was here. It's actually right there where um where Steve's at. <laughs> Come on, Steve. See, that's kind of even prophetic over, over Greg over here. But I was sitting there and, and Craig's or Craig's prophesying over me and says, I see you writing a book on dreams. And I'm like, Are you know who I am? He's like, I dude, I don't know you. <laughs> I'm like, well, my question should have been relevant. And <laughs> like, I'm the dream guy. And he's like, dude, I did not know that. And he literally did not, unless he did some backdoor research, which I don't think he did. But he didn't, right? So when there's times for me where I don't feel like doing what I've been called to do, or maybe the enemy has been lying to me because I'm in a transition of upgrade, right? How many of y'all want to know that any transition you're facing is not to send you backwards, it's to advance you forward, It's to advance you forward. That's why you get that resistance so much. Because what you are doing is you're actually stepping into your kingdom identity, and you're taking back territory that the realm of darkness has owned. And you've ticked them off. I don't know about you, but I really like ticking them off. I just wish it was easier. (laughs) So what are you going to do in those times? Let's get back to that substance, that assurance. Because God is not a man that he should. This is a word for some, like, I think a lot of us. I know for me personally. Because transition is not always the easiest piece. And we need to stand on that substance of faith, that assurance of faith. Right? Why? Even Paul told Timothy, I mean, how would y'all like to be, like, the spiritual son of the Apostle Paul? Anybody? Right? I mean, it's kind of cool on this side. I'm not sure in, like, 55 AD it was all that cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have the feeling that Paul was pretty rough around the edges. Um, just, like, some of his, like, don't you get this yet? I mean, that's our version of, hello, stupid. <laughs> right? But even Paul, like Timothy, the one who who Paul loved, had to be reminded to hold on to the prophecies. We see this in 1 Timothy 1, verse 18. This charge I give to you, Timothy, my son, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Let's kind of... I'm not going to change scripture. I'm just going to kind of interject. Is that okay with you guys? Timothy, I give you, my son, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by the substance of the assurance of those words from our Father that you can fight the good fight. Does that make sense? One of my favorite things that Jesus said was in Matthew 4 when he's being tempted by the devil. He's gone 40 days, he hadn't eaten, right? Jesus liked to feast, amen? It's everywhere. He was probably hungry because he was still flesh, right? Fully God, fully man. <clears throat> and he's out in the wilderness, and the devil been tempting him with everything. And then what is he, he looks at him, and, he's, and Jesus is probably like, I am hungry. And I have the feeling because he was, being taken through the city and taken up here, that he's probably smelling the aroma of freshly baked bread, of the fat of the meat being cooked. Right? All my meat eaters said. And he was probably really hungry because if any of you done any sort of fast for more than eight hours, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. And the enemy says, dude, if you're really the son of God, you don't have to do this. You already have. You already have all this stuff. What? Bro, you're hungry? Tell that rock to become bread. Jesus answered him and said, What? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Proceeds is an active verb. You know, an active verb never stops working? <laughs> right? You're still receiving because his word, according to Isaiah, goes forth and it never returns. Your identity, that first name, is not returning void. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you're at. I don't care the obstacle that's in front of you. I don't care the decisions that are behind you. Every day is a new day. Amen. The substance of things hopeful, that assurance that, no, God, you called me by this. If you've been called a name, not a negative name, by the way, okay? Right? If you've been called like fill in the blank, okay? Look at what their name means. Look at what your name means. God's into names in case you don't know. Does that make sense? I looked up my name, Jacob. I wasn't real pleased. because he was a surplanter. Like, what the heck's a surplanter? Right? A hill grabber. Like the hill or like the, anyhow. But also, Jacob means deceiver. You know one of the things I hate? Deception. Can't stand lying. I can handle a thief over a liar. You really want to get my justice juices flowing? Bold faced lie like that. Huh. you see, even though Jacob means those things, what God meant or what man meant for evil, God uses for good. He uses for our good and his glory. And so though that might mean what my my name may mean, my objective is to bring the truth, to bring the love, to release the abundance of favor, of inheritance, of redeeming that which was stolen, of bringing the truth, the light. Does that make sense? Are you, you got y'all, y'all understanding? So when like, cause I, I'm, just, can I be vulnerable? There's times where I'm like, can I really do? this and I'll be really vulnerable I very rarely feel like I do a good job for y'all okay I'm not looking for no you do great you're awesome thank you bless you Jake we love you Jake I'm not looking for that right now I'm just trying to let you guys know that I am human even though I look like I'm superhuman thank you baby (laughs) hey you've been away too long to be making comments like that (laughs) Uh, all right, focus. Sorry, thank you. <clears throat> but in those times where I don't feel like I have what it takes, because the enemy may be lying to me, because maybe I'm spending too much time on my phone looking at reels, sending them Pastor Chris, and Chris is like, "Dude, stop." <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> after another, after another. Maybe I'm just tired. Anybody ever get tired? Ladies that were at this weekend were like, yes. <clears throat> Maybe my kids are being jerks because they're taking after me. <laughs> Not racial. They're always, that happens, they're taking after me. But in those times when I'm like, I can't do this. Nobody's going to listen. I know what my name means. Am I going to believe that? Or or am I going to hold on to the substance or the assurance of what God has already said over me? Just because you are having resistance, stepping into the land of your promise, into the land of your provision, into the space of your identity, of your calling, just because one door has shut and another door has not opened yet, does not mean that God is moving you away from what you were called to do. It does not mean that you misheard. What it means is that you need to step into the assurance that God's plan is good. And if it's not good right now, it's not over. Yeah. If the story isn't good, then the story isn't over. We just sang it. When you are looking at those things in your life, you got to know that the battle belongs to him. You are victor. And in those times of transition, like, I I don't know why we keep coming back to that. I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just me. But when we, when we're in those transitions, I think one of the things, like, one of the things I felt uh, susceptible to in the past was that just because something, like, if God says yes and his hand's on it, it's going to be easy. I wish that was the case. No, because here's the thing. If you were meant to soar on the wings of eagles, then you got to get pushed out of the nest. Some of your transitions are because you got comfortable in a nest that was too small for you. None of that's in my notes, so thank you, Jesus. Some of you get complacent. I know I do. Some of you are like, God, move. Help me move in faith. And then it presents an opportunity. You're like, ah, well, if that's really him, he'll make it happen. If it's really part of, like, his perfect will for your life, sometimes I believe he pushes us out of the nest so that we can actually develop the wings of faith to soar like eagles. Come on. See, that verse... And you'll rise up on wings of eagles, right? How many of y'all have flown an eagle before? Nobody? Just Jake. How many of y'all have flown on an eagle before? On an eagle. Because Isaiah said you're going to rise up on the wings of eagles. How many of y'all quoted that verse before in, in like a statement of some sort? Right? I have two of them on my arm. Hold on. <laughs> Just felt like froghorn, the leg horn. Because they didn't, anyhow. One of the things that I started to be able to see because of how God moved in my life in dream interpretation is seeing the deeper meaning of scripture. See, in the old testament, prophets were known as seers. Samuel the seer. Let's go to the seer. Let's take the seer a gift so that he may prophesy over us. Let's take the seer a gift so that we may know what to do. Okay? Are y'all tracking with me? They were taking him an offering so that they were honoring the prophet in the name of a prophet to receive the prophet's reward. What is the prophet's reward? It is the gift of faith. It is the assurance that they carry. It's the assurance that Elijah had that when he called down fire, he knew that fire was coming. It's the assurance that Paul had when he told the dead to get up that they got up. Are y'all tracking with me? See, in the Old Testament, they were seers. The metaphoric symbol of a a seer is an eagle. Are y'all putting it together yet? I'm trying to to talk slow because I'm from Alabama, and it took me a long time to catch this. How many of y'all know you're called to fly great heights or go into high places, right? And you will rise up and fly on the prophetic messages given to you like an eagle. See, that scripture to me now is is referencing when prophets speak over you or when someone prophesies over you and calls out that identity, that you fly high on that above the clouds, above the rain, above the storm. So that you can get from the small nest to the big nest and then to the bigger nest. So that you can go from one glory to the next glory. So that you can live in that assurance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Are y'all tracking with me? One of my favorite, like, I'm not going to, for time's sake, I'm not going to go through and read the rest of Isaiah, or excuse me, Hebrews 11. But it goes through the hall of faith. And it talks about all these people. Abraham. Sarah. Rahab. Then it goes on, doesn't even name some of them because of time's sake. So apparently the author had some sort of time restraints too. And said even though some of them were sown in half, they didn't give up. Some of them didn't see their promise fulfilled, but they knew God had a bigger promise. Right? And so it goes through all of this stuff talking about their faith to encourage us to live in faith. To live in that substance, that assurance, because that's what our forefathers did. That's what Jesus did. Jesus lived the ultimate life of faith. And you were created in his image. And Jesus is perfect theology. But one of my favorite verses comes right after that. Did I write it down? I gotta pull, I gotta pull it up. Excuse me, I'm sorry. It goes through that whole list. And if you're, I want to encourage you this week, go read Hebrews 11. Because the thing that they had, or the thing that you have that they didn't, is the fullness of the Godhead in you. Come on. Yet they, by faith, did all of those things. And so the author goes through all of this list and then starts out chapter 12 with this. So, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You want to give Jesus his glory? Live out your identity. Live out your calling. Guess what? He knows you're not going to live it out to the fullest already. I promise you, you put more pressure on you than he does. Because he loves you. See, some of the things that when I'm looking at transit, it's been interesting because sometimes you don't recognize you're like in transition Right, until you're like well into transition and you're like, oh, maybe I'm in transition. And the Lord's like, yeah, it's been a year. (laughs) Thanks for kind of catching up, son. But I found that one of the things that he'll start doing with me, and this is like, here's some, hopefully some practical tips for you guys. He'll remind me of something I've walked through before in the past it remind me of a season where I trusted him in something. To where I gave up something, followed him, and then continued. Does that make sense? <clears throat> so recently, some of you guys know, and we'll, I'm sure in the future, be able to speak from a big place of victory, but we're in, my family is in a little bit of a transition right now. And prior to all this happening, I started kind of replaying a few things in my life, good things, to where the Lord was encouraging me. And so, um, you know, I grew up cessationist, like I said, and um, at night, I'm going to age myself, because <clears throat> we're all in the same age group anyhow, right? <laughs> Most of us, yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, I had a two-year stint where I was kind of rebellious a little bit, and it didn't do nothing bad, but I just went to church just to, you know, be with my girlfriend at that time. It was not Rachel. Can we say upgrade? <clears throat> <clears throat> upgrade. Um, <clears throat> But that relationship fell apart because I wasn't, I wasn't really seeking after the Lord. It wasn't the right relationship, okay? But in that, I kind of walked, not necessarily walked away from God, but kind of like, yeah, whatever. Does that make sense? Anybody ever been there before? am I the only one, right? All of y'all are holy. I still got work to do. <laughs> Jerry, I love you being in here, bro. <laughs> and so in that season, see, I'd gone to church just to be with her and show people I knew a lot because I thought I knew a lot. I was like 20. What 20-year-old knows a lot? every 20-year-old, and that's about it, (laughs) right? 18-year-olds are not excluded. I think he's over in the other room. Anyhow, um, and so in that, I finally was like, all right, I'm going to go back to church just to worship Jesus and to find God again, right? And so in that process, my relationship was working. I was growing, and I started desiring a church camp because, I mean, I was still young enough to remember what church camp was like that high for that week when you're up in the mountains or at the beach, right? And I'm like, God, I just want that because I felt like there was something like I needed to be pushed out the nest, right? So I started praying. I'm like, God, what is there? I mean, I was 20 at the time, so I couldn't go to like, I couldn't go to youth. <laughs> that would be weird, right? And so ran to a friend of mine, and I went to a church that I was like, I ain't go- I'm ain't, i going to this church because I know I don't know anybody there. I might run into people, but I know I'm not going there for f- Relational stuff, right? <clears throat> so I run into an old buddy of mine, and he starts telling me about what he was like in. May. This is in May, and um, he was at Barry College. I'm like, "What are you doing, man?" He's like, "Dude, I'm doing this. I'm Barry, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "What are you doing this summer?" He's like, "Dude," and he got super pumped up, right? You know, when somebody, when you ask somebody what they're doing, they go, "Dude, let me tell you." I'm like, tune in, grab you a cup of coffee because it's gonna be a minute, <laughs> right? So, dude, I'm right, just kidding. I'm Anyhow, so he starts to tell me how he's going to Panama City Beach for the summer with a group called Campus Outreach. And he was going to be at the summer or all summer on the beach. I was like, dude. (laughs) Well, about two years before that, three years, no, four years before then, I was playing in a baseball tournament down there. I grew up, I became a believer when I was really young. But while I was down there, this guy came up to me and my brother and a couple of our friends who was with Campus Outreach. And they start sharing the gospel. i was like, dude, that's really cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm a believer. Go to this church, blah, 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 right? Didn't think anything out of that little innocent encounter when I was 16. But four years later, God used that encounter. Because my buddy Derek was like, yeah, I'm going. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. I share with him that story. He's like, dude, that's what I get to go do. I'm like, that's awesome, dude. (laughs) So I go home. I, I say nothing. I'm like, God that would be so cool. I know I'm not in college because I was working a full-time job. I was like a superintendent kind of a thing. Back in 99, I was making really good money as a 20-year-old. Probably still, I mean, I don't know. Anyhow, like God, I would really love that if there's any way. And that hunger started growing. I'm like, well, what do I do? Have you ever asked the Lord what to do and he doesn't tell you an answer? Don't you love that? Usually the answer is with like another little breadcrumb. And then he kept bringing up that conversation with Derek in my mind. So usually opportunities for faith to step out into come from just like a little nudging. Does that make sense? And so that kept growing. So I was like, all right, fine, God, I'm going to ask him. This is a week goes by. So I go up to Derek. I'm like, hey, man. It's like, dude, I've really been praying about that. I don't even know if this is a possibility because I'm not in college. But can you check and see if there's any way I can at least apply to see if I qualify to go? Right? Because I knew that hunger wasn't just my hunger. It was the Lord's hunger for me. Because greater is he calling me into greater things. Come on, right? And so he was like, yeah, dude, I'll check. So he checks. He gets back with me the next day. On a Monday. He's like, Yeah, man, you can go or you can apply. And I'm like, sweet. Well, give me an application. Now, this is before email for some of you guys, okay? This was like fax, send a pigeon. <laughs> you know, this is back in that day. So I get the I get the application on Tuesday. And to me, in that moment, God was already giving me a yes. And so in that <clears throat> On that Wednesday, I'd filled out the application. I had the application sitting on the front seat of my truck. I was making over $500 a week at 20 years old. Plus, I had a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, the equivalent now was probably like an $80,000 a year job. And that application was on the truck, in my truck seat. But that hunger was so deep, that invitation to get out of the nest, out of my comfort zone, was so clear even though I didn't have an answer yet, some of you want an answer before you move. Well, your answer is on the other side of your step to say yes to him. My application still on the front seat of the truck. I said, God, I really believe this is what you want me to do. Please don't let me down. I called one of the sales reps for the company I worked with who was instrumental looking back. God had placed him just so beautifully in my life, believer, spirit-filled. We had a conversation about tongues. I was trying to tell him how it passed away. He was like, okay, <laughs> here we go now, Shandai, Hyundai. And um, I told him what I was getting ready. I said, Tim, he was a Timothy. <laughs> Anyhow, I said, Tim, here's what I'm looking at. Here's an opportunity. You know what he said? He called me by my birth name, Jacob, do it do it, you won't regret it, do it. See, by two or three witnesses, a matter is established, right? That can be scripture, your prophetic words, but how many times is it other brothers and sisters? So I called my immediate boss, and I told him what was going on, and he was like, bro, do it, you won't regret it. He goes, because I know when God's trying to get a hold of you, he's going to do it one way or another, and it's better to say yes now than later. Yeah. I said, next Wednesday is my last day. Where was my application, guys? It was on the front seat of my truck. I mailed that off from the post office in Lithia Springs in 1999 (laughs) at 5.30 in the afternoon. It had to go to Rome, Georgia, to Berry College. So I'm somewhat of a practical person most of the time. I'm like, he'll probably get it Friday, maybe Saturday. I probably won't get a call until Monday. Is that a fair assessment, you guys? Right? It's easy math. Even from Alabama, I didn't have to take my shoes off, right? (laughs) I was so excited, and I had such peace, but there was still a little bit of anxiety. Because I didn't know. I get home Thursday. This is back in the day of caller ID. My light was flashing. I looked down and said, Andy White, Berry College, Rome, Georgia, on the caller ID. The time was 1247 p.m. Hey, Jake, this is Andy White with Campus Outreach. I got your application today. Give me a call. Those two months catapulted me. Like no other thing that God, I mean, he could have, yes. But at that time in my life, that's what I needed. But the substance, the assurance that God, please don't let me down. Is what we need to live by. Why? Because therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us. Let us throw off that orphan mindset that has lied to you about your separation from the Father. Because you're never separated from him. Your father and your mother may leave you, but the Lord will never forsake you. Some of us, myself included, need to remind ourselves constantly of that assurance of his yes. And partner our amen with that. Because everything from that point forward in my life hasn't been easy. But it has been an adventure. Because faith is an adventure. Remember, the opposite of faith is not fear. It is not doubt. It is not unbelief. The opposite of faith is certainty. If you have to be certain before you move, you don't need faith. And if we're going to call ourselves a people of faith, we need to move in that. We need to remind ourselves that like John Paul, you carry a gift and an anointing to impart the interpretation of dreams and dreams on others. Like Elijah, you carry the, you carry the fire of revival. <sighs> that there is a healing anointing in your hands. That like Peter, you're an evangelist. Like Timothy, you're a good son. Like John Belushi, you carry joy. That is how you fight your battles. As you're in your transition season, guess what? This isn't your first, this isn't your last. Hold fast to those prophecies previously made about you. Have that substance and that assurance of what he has said so that you can fight that good fight of faith. Because you were surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You know what they are doing? Have you ever pondered upon that? They're watching you. They're in awe of you. They are in eager anticipation of you stepping into your calling, your identity, your purpose. Because they know what the finished work looks like. And they're ready, just like Jesus is ready, just like all of heaven is ready, to see the earth erupt because you, as a king, step into your kingship. As a queen, into your queenship. It's a beautiful thing that we get to live this life of faith. So, what I want to do is, I want to invite you guys. Can we get some of the prayer team up here, real quick? Some of us need a refresher of who he says we are, of the things he's called us to. We need some encouragement to step into, to get out of that nest, to get away from that complacency, to trust him, to be a little encouraged. Hebrews 3 tells us that, that we need to encourage one another in this. So that we can get out of that nest of complacency. So we can fly to the heights of our destiny. So if you feel like you've been in a transition place, if you feel like you need a, a refresher, a fresh dose, a fresh fire, to stir up that gift that is in you, to stir up that calling that is in you, to stir up that identity that is in you. Maybe you've never heard of this stuff and maybe you're kind of second guessing maybe you're even like is this real what he's saying I want to invite you down to one of these amazing prayer partners to come and get a word to let them pray your view to give you the assurance of things hoped for to confirm those things in your life because I don't want to see you in that nest of complacency. We can't afford, we cannot afford for you to stay in that nest of complacency. We need you in that life of uncertainty so that you can live in faith, so that you can, like Elijah, believe that God is going to do what God said he's going to do. And so if that's you, If you need some extra prayer, if you need some, just some encouragement, if you need to be reminded of who you are, the altar is open. Come on up. Don't wait. I still got a little Baptist in me. Don't wait. Come on down. But if that's you, maybe you just need someone to partner with you in a transition, as you're in this transition. We've all been there. We're all there. So you're not alone. I want to invite you. Come on down. some encouragement bring your phone but come on down we're just going to take a few minutes and just yeah, Holy Spirit thank you that you're not quiet thank you Father that we live by every word that proceeds from your mouth Thank you that you've given us the mind of Christ and that you've called us and you've created us in your image and in your likeness. So, Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for this room of amazing warriors, for the leaders, for the songwriters, for the authors, for those who are called to walk in miracles. rebuke the lie of unbelief I rebuke the lie of certainty and I release right now in the name of Jesus that gift of faith to stand that gift of faith to rise that gift of faith to get out of that nest of complacency, to soar on the wings of eagles to see as God sees to release what God releases to partner with heaven and release the kingdom on this earth so father we thank you for everything that you're doing in this moment thank you for continually speaking to us in our life thank you for those transitions so that we can work our muscle of faith to see you do what you say you're gonna do because you're not a man that you should lie and that your word does not return void but it accomplishes what it was sent forth So, Jesus, we just thank you and we give you the glory and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website.